0: You're listening to Finding and Funding the Latest Wheelchair Technology with Mary Shea, the Clinic Manager of Wheelchair Services for Kessler Institute for Rehabilitation. Learn about new wheelchair and seating technologies that can enhance your mobility, as well as creative ways of finding the funding to purchase these innovative technologies.
1: I'm overwhelmed, Um, I have to tell you. I work with many of you here, and we learn together every day. Um, So we do it together, and... You know, I really enjoy um, just sharing um, the knowledge I end up getting in terms of what is the latest and greatest in terms of some of the products. Uh, But I can't apply it unless I work with everybody here, and that's how we really learn and see what's really working for people and what's not working for people. So it's my pleasure to be here. So today, what we're gonna just focus on is um, just some updates, like what's new in the last two, three years in wheelchair technology? Um, We're going to start with um, some ultra-lightweight chairs, what are some of the companies doing. We're going to transition then to the power assist type products because that's taken off in the last few years. And then what is new with a lot of the power wheelchairs themselves, what's going on. And I think one of the hottest things to talk about is what's happening with funding. Because funding's constantly changing and it influences sometimes what an insurance company will pay you, but there are also other strategies in in terms of being able to obtain different products, and there's been a lot of changes with that over the last, I'd say, year as well. So in terms of some of the ultra-lightweight wheelchairs, what's really changed is that um, there was the cantilever frame, which is the one right on the bottom there, and you see that um, there's not a lot of frame to the chair. And why is that? To just keep things really low profile. And more importantly, what's the function of it? It makes it easier for you to put in and out of the car so you can get it over your body and into the car. And that's the number one feature of that besides being low profile, uh, is to be able to maneuver it easier and to enable people to function much better in their lifestyles. So now with the dual frame chairs, there's been a change as well to make the frame higher in the back. So if you look at the top picture, You'll see that the two frames there are no longer as wide apart as they used to be. They're really close together, and they're high up. And again, it's for that same purpose, to be lower profile and to make it easier to get in and out of the car. So that works for about 90% of the clients we work with. Uh, The only issue is it is a little bit of a challenge for anybody who uses an easy lock system and actually drives from their chair and needs to go into the van and uh, with the chair with the lockdown system on it. Because that's this this new type and style of wheelchair is much too high for them. So that's a whole other set of challenges, but just to understand those are some of the pros and cons. What's happened um, with ultralight wheelchairs as well is that um, about four years ago, Medicare decided, hey, we're not even going to pay for this word titanium anymore. What's that? It sounds very luxurious. It sounds like a convenience item is what's often used. Uh, You know, titanium golf clubs, titanium other equipment is considered much higher end and not necessarily necessary. So um, what's changed in the last nine months is that some of the manufacturers have changed every one of their order forms. And they've made it that the chair act, it's like buying a car. You can buy the model that's the base model and then you can get up into the super edition or the deluxe edition and it's just co- it has a different name on it. And for those additions, you can now pay privately for that. So the insurance company can pay for the key wheelchair components, and then you are now allowed to pay for those upgrades that you weren't able to do before. And so for a lot of today, or for this brief time I'm talking with you, I'm gonna refer a lot to Medicare. And the only reason I'm gonna do that is because one, it's a primary insurance payer for many people here but two is also many of the private insurance companies follow Medicare guidelines. So it's always important to know what they're looking at and where um, what their focus is. You can get around it sometimes, but that's still their basis. So that's what's different with ultra lightweight wheelchairs. In terms of power assist products, there's been a few new products on the market. Um, one of them on the upper right is the Twion wheels. Um, And the second one is on the right, on the bottom here, called the uh, Smart Drive, the MX one. So I'm going to go into those a little bit more so that you can learn more about them, just what's the latest and greatest with that. So when we look at a manual wheelchair, um, sometimes we need a little extra help to go up hills, to negotiate grass, carpet, all the uneven surfaces um, that um, would still enable a person to use a manual wheelchair for their primary means of mobility. And the advantage sometimes to that is that then they could stay, at times, using a car for transport, as opposed to needing to then purchase a van with a ramp for uh, transportation. So it ends up being a cost reason at times for the, the clients. So when we look at the power assist products, um, they really are completely different technologies. And they don't work for, both for everybody. And so it's important to look at the one set as push rim activated power assist products and what they are is they were the traditional wheels that have always been out the emotion wheel the extender now the twion uh, wheels the old I am um, glide power uh, power assist chair those are push rim power assisted and what does that mean is that if you touch the hand rim that turns them on Okay, so that's the turn on with those type of chairs. And what happens is you give it a little push and it accelerates what you have. That's how those work. The smart drive is a totally different product. It's a power product that's added, but what it is added to is it's added to the bottom of the chair and that wheel kind of takes over. So really what it does is it takes away somebody's pushing on it. And so what they do is they don't necessarily push it, each push with their hands, once the wheel starts going, you just steer it. And that's what's really different about the push rim power assisted one, wheels where you're constantly pushing and they help you at every push versus the, the, um, the smart drive which takes over completely and it goes until you turn, tell it to stop and all you do is kind of steer it. So they really are totally different technologies. So why do we even look at this technology with people? We started to talk about it just in terms of it helps somebody um, negotiate on uneven surfaces um, and takes a lot of the strain off their shoulders. It's just another option for people. Um, it decreases the amount of uh, pushes they have to push to protect the shoulder joint more and the whole upper limb. It also reduces the amount of force they have to use for pushing. And um, the one thing we know about using a manual wheelchair is that it causes repetitive strain injuries. It's not a uh, great motion. It causes problems with the shoulder joints, the elbow joints, the wrist and hand joints. And so we wanna take away those um, challenges or the forces and the frequency of the force to help minimize those that strain. And that's why we'd be looking at something with the power assist as well. The problem with all of those power assist rim activated wheels is that it keeps people, Um, with the option of using a car for transportation, but they can't do it themselves. And why? Because the wheels are 25 pounds a piece. So if you didn't have a problem before you got the wheels, you certainly (laughs) would when you were putting them in and out of the car once you did get the wheels. And so these type of systems are not made for people who are drivers to be independent getting in and out of their cars. Um, So that's a big issue. Um, The other thing with, uh, if anybody tries to push from activated wheels, a lot of times people will go to the Abilities Expo and they'll try them. Just to know if you tried them and they weren't so successful, try them again. There is a big learning curve to it and you can get it and we can adjust the the, the parameters of them. So don't just rule them out just because it was a one try at a big trade show. Um, There's a lot more to it and there is a learning curve for everybody who starts using those wheels. There's a newer wheels that just came out a few months ago called the Twyon wheels. They're still the push from activated wheels, but this is a company who makes the Emotion wheels. And what they did with these wheels is they made them lighter. So they decreased the, wheel, um, uh, the weight of the wheels from 25 to 13 pounds, which is pretty big. It's Still heavy to put in and out of the car by yourself, but it does make a big difference. Right now it's touted as the uh, fastest, lightest, most efficient power assist wheel that's out there. And so uh, if you have any interest in it, we're very happy to try them with you uh, here in the clinic. The other cool thing about the wheels when you think about like where is going is you can actually program them onto your smartphone. And say you get into bed at night and you want the uh, chair to just be away from the bed for whatever reason, you could then use your phone to drive the wheelchair back to the bed. So it's kind of fun to see where some of the technology is going and how it's applied using wheel, uh, with some of the wheelchair products that are out there. So we talked about the push from activated wheels. And now what we're gonna do is talk about the other type of power assist wheel called the smart drive. It's the MX2 is the fancy name for the product. And as I said, this is where the wheel takes over. So it's the wheel on the back of the chair and it takes over and does the motion and you just pretty much steer it. So where it's really beneficial, quite honestly, is outside in open areas. This isn't something you'd really use in the house because you turn it on and it's going and you wanna like turn and stop. So it's really not efficient at all indoors. And the challenge with that from a funding standpoint is that every funding source at this point and definitely Medicare want to hear how it's gonna help you in the home. And so if you can't justify it for in the home, it gets a little dicey with that. But it's important to know that the product's out there and what it can do. And it really does make a big difference for distances and being able to negotiate long, you know, like mall areas, etc., and take away a lot of the um, um, the strain on people's shoulders from pushing a chair. So That's a little about the smart drive. Um, if you do watch the video online, take it with a grain of salt. You know, they're selling the product. Um, you don't use it with no hands. You have to steer it all the time. Uh, little things like that also if when you think about adding power to any type of um, manual wheelchair you also want to think about what's hitting everything first and what hits everything first is that front wheel so if that front wheel's too small it's going to get stuck in the crack of the sidewalk and you're going over so that's another thing to consider you just can't easily put it on another chair you want to make sure those front wheels or at least five inches so it can uh, handle uneven stuff at a higher speed so you don't get catapulted out of the chair. So that's just another consideration that you don't see on the video, but it's important to just uh, you know think about that if you're lo- thinking to um, change to that type of product or add it to your chair. So the advantage though of that uh, smart drive, the biggest advantage is that it's a small system. It's like a big dust buster and it only weighs 11 pounds. So that's a product that you can add to a manual wheelchair and still be able to drive your chair and get in and out of the car um, easily. So that's a, a huge, huge advantage to the smart drive over the other products. But it does it's completely different technology and it's important to remember that. Uh. For the funding um, of these products, it's gotten really challenging. Um, in the last three years, I think at this point, we can no longer get these products under Medicare funding. And the reason, or for most companies, we can't get it with Medicare funding. And the reason for that is Medicare had put it into a rental category. So the company has to turn around and pay the say $7,000 to buy the product up front, And then they have to rent it to you for like a year or so and slowly recoup the money. And if something happens in that year, they have to fix things for free and all that type of stuff. So it makes it, um, and the amount of money they'd get at the end of the rental wouldn't even pay the cost of the product so a lot of companies are really hesitant to or won't provide it at all. Uh, there is one big company who will provide it, and they have worked out their profit margins where they feel they c- they're not making any money on it, but they're not losing their shirt either. So it's just important to know there is somebody out there who can provide it. It's a matter of just asking. Other things, if we move away from the power assist uh, with uh, wheelchair technology, is power wheelchairs, what's new with the power wheelchairs. Um, All we keep hearing about is funding getting cut, but there's a lot of stuff that's still changing despite cuts in the funding. And what's really cool about a lot of the power chairs in the last few years is that all the manufacturers now have made a lot of effort to really try to get those, the seat height down lower. And why is that so advantageous? It makes it possible for people to get under tables, restaurant tables, Um, office tables in a conference room etc so that's the biggest thing for me is inclusion and making sure people one can get under their tables and if you have a van getting through the van door how many times uh, if you watch a lot of people who are in power wheelchairs try to negotiate through power uh, their van doors many times they have to duck and that's really just unfortunate so the lower heights going to help minimize that strain on the neck as they keep ducking to try to avoid hitting their head on the uh, on the car as they get in and out, so the seat height's a big change, and the height number is 17 and a half inches. If it's important to anybody in particular, uh, the other thing that's really great about the power chairs is the power seat elevation. There's been a lot of push in the industry the last few years to one get some research published on this, and we had some students that worked with us here at uh, from SUNY Downstate, and we had articles published, and we did a poster at a national conference last year on this, just what is the medical benefit? Because the insurance companies don't want to pay, they consider it a luxury, but there is a medical benefit to it. And we can talk all about it, but they want to see the research studies, so we're doing that. And a lot of the companies have uh, really worked with the pricing of it, so that if you are interested in getting it and you need to private pay for it, they really discount the pricing significantly for you, which is really wonderful. And that's only come about in the last year. Um, The other advantage or change with the power seat elevators is that in the past, they've only been from say, six inches to eight inches on average. Now they're standard at 10 to 12 inches. That's a lot, it really brings you up much higher. I don't know if you wanna be higher than that, but it does enable people to get into cabinets and closets easier, especially if you have weakness in your shoulders. The other really cool thing that I'll go into um, in some of the later slides is something called eye level. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Memory seating is another feature that's, been, that's coming into the power wheelchair electronics market. And what is memory seating? It's the same type of thing we all have in most of the cars that are newer today in that you have a driver one profile and you have a driver two profile. So you don't have to adjust the depth of the seat, the back angles and all that type of stuff. If you push the button, it automatically goes into that one position for you. And so now for some of the uh, one particular manufacturer, they have the ability where if you always go into like five degrees of tilt and 10 degrees of recline and you need your legs elevated up 10 degrees just to get into like your driving position to drive the car, you don't have to do each of those buttons independently and guess that you're at that right angle because it kind of feels right at that moment. You can hit one button and it does all three for you. So it's kind of cool, it sounds luxurious, but it really is essential. Um, so that's a really great uh, change with all of the permobile chairs. And then something else I'm gonna talk about a little more is the electronic access and what other, what some of these companies are doing. So this is just a picture of the seat elevation. Another big change is they're all scissor lifts now, where it's like two uh, mechanisms like a scissor would operate. So when you do come up, it's a lot more stable, which is a big advantage. Um, we talked about the memory seating and that's only available on the permobile chairs. This is the seat elevation from Quantum. And what's really cool about this one is that um, they incorporated something called eye level into it and uh, what does eye level mean it means you want you know you're going over to speak at the podium you know you want to raise up so instead of having to raise up first and then drive over or drive over and then raise up and it takes all this time what you could do is you hit the button and as you're driving over the chair slowly rises up to the height So that's really cool and that's something that's brand new. It's only out in the last few months. And it brings you up to 10 inches of seat elevation. It does it in 16 seconds. I still think it takes too long, but that's a different story. And um, you can be driving up to three and a half miles an hour. It's pretty cool when you think about it. So it's nice to see where some of the wheelchair technology is going with this. And uh, the seat elevation permobile has it where you can go 12 and 14 inches, which is pretty high. and. F- 14 inches is on their F5 model. Um, The last thing I want to talk about with some of the power wheelchairs is that um, for some of our clients who don't have the hand function and have to drive their wheelchair with, say, a chin joystick or with um, a sip-and-puff system or a head array type system, um, they often just can drive the chair and operate the seat functions and that's it but there's so much more they need. They need to be able to use their phone to call in an emergency. They need to be able to get on their computer and access things on the computer. So yes, we have things like drag and dictate, which is a voice-activated computer system, which is kind of cool, you can pull up And it's really uh, come a long way in these latest models, and um, it really is uh, performing without uh, an intense amount of training. So you could do it with minimal training. You can now go up and use it almost like we use Siri. So um, what's really cool now is through the head array or through the um, sip-and-puff system or the chin control, you can have an iPhone set up, and you can search the Internet with it, by just using um setting up like uh the switches that you use for driving like the directions for your forward and the directions for your forward reverse turning and the reset switch that you have you can set them up so that you can actually um have a home button on it you can go into like the internet you can go up and you can uh, answer a phone call you can hang up a phone call you can call on it etc so you can do all that type of operation just by setting um, up the switches. It's a little tedious for people, meaning that you have a quick hit for tap into something, and then to go, say, to the home button, you have to hit the longer for that same direction, like, say, forward direction. A quick hit will bring you back to home, but a, a longer hit will bring it into, um, like, a particular application for you. So this is the programming on the side where we'd set it up for somebody. But it's really great that uh, using um, these uh, power wheelchair now, people can also use their phone and use the mouse on their computer. That's another huge thing. Because the mice operation has always been challenging for people who don't have hand control. And so now with the um, wheelchair joystick, you could do that easily um, just by connecting up. And uh, Quantum, the uh, rehab, which is the um, Q6 Edge, they have the Bluetooth built into their joystick already. So it's kind of cool, it's free for you. With Permobile, they have the iModule module and the Bluetooth module, but the unfortunate thing is they're each about $1,200. But I think that'll change soon too when they have Pride give, quantum giving them the competition and giving free Bluetooth away. So we'll see what happens. But anyway, um, it's pretty interesting to see where the electronics have gone. You wish they would speed up and do it faster, but it's really... Uh, come a long way in the last year for people that have more access and easier access and more efficient access to other products, not just driving the chair through an alternative uh, control. So this has been great just coming up here and sharing what's the latest and greatest with you. Um, If there's any funding questions or specific questions, I'm going to be around throughout the conference at different places. And um, if you have any questions now, I welcome any uh, questions. So the question. Okay, great. So the question is what if someone has one hand function? And so to drive, do they use like a power chair? Do they use a manual chair? You're looking for a recommendation? <laughs> I'm asking. Okay. So if the person, do they also have one foot? operation okay so just one upper extremity to do everything with you know uh definitely um you know you want to save that upper extremity to be able to do everything so i mean uh if possible and if the lifestyle could support it a power mobility product would be the best thing for that person yeah because it would make a big difference because there's a lot of strain just moving around never mind thinking of dressing grooming you know feeding all the things you're doing all day long with that one arm using the computer etc So we want to really protect it as much as possible. I would think uh, power would, as long as the lifestyle supports it. You're welcome.
0: Are any of the new power seat elevation models um, allowing the patients to stand upright as well, or is it more so just the straight lift?
1: All of the seat elevations just do a straight lift up. But there are chairs that do standing. And so, Permobile has the F5 stander. There's a few power chairs that actually do stand people. Um, and so, those uh, mean al- it makes a big difference for people to be up in the standing position.
0: Are you finding success in getting funding for those products uh-huh. or not? So That's
1: much? the next one, yes. Um, depending on the funding source, unfortunately, um, even companies who've paid for it in the past wheelchair will not necessarily pay in this newer wheelchair. Um so it's no it's extremely difficult to get a, a power standing wheelchair funded. Um and Medicare it's an absolute no unfortunately. And so uh funding's definitely a challenge for standing power chairs, yes. Right the ones that fold in half. So they, there's not a lot that's changed with those models in the last year or two, but we do have one of the newest one outside in the exhibit hall called the TX. And you do it, you fold it up right in half, yeah. Yeah, they, there's n- the, the only reason I didn't mention those is because there's nothing dramatically new with them and I was trying to just be succinct. But um, there is the newest one out there, the TyLite TX and it folds a little more compact. It's not a big, big difference, but it's uh, pretty cool when you see how they tweaked the frame and brought things in and made it more tapered. You're welcome.
0: Yes, Mary, does one knob um, who is using Medicare funding have to have Medicare Advantage instead of a Medigap policy to get coverage for a
1: power wheelchair? As long as you have the Medicare, any Medicare plan, there's coverage for a power wheelchair. And they'll pay for a pretty decent power wheelchair. It's just a tremendous amount of documentation. Um, The question is what do you have in addition to the Medicare because Medicare is often the 80% payer. So you need something for that other 20% hopefully. And you have something hopefully. Does it make a difference whether
0: it's Medicare Advantage as opposed to MediCap?
1: No, no difference that I'm aware of. And out in the exhibit hall, just so you know, we have um, Two of the biggest um, companies that we work with who are in this area, National Seating and Mobility and uh, New Motion. And um, there's a person from New Motion there, Janet, who's involved in the funding. So you can even ask and get another opinion when you're outside just to hear it from somebody else. But from my understanding, there's no difference between them. We can still get the chair you're looking for. All those same components would be covered, whether it's Medicare Advantage or uh, Medigap. One question right there. Have, have you seen any other uh, new, w- new power chairs that fold well, up? Um, it, it's like Wheelchair 88. Uh, it folds up like a suitcase almost. And, right. it's, uh, and it's a power uh, chair. It's a power chair. The companies haven't really done anything with that in the last few years because the fun- there's no real funding for it. But there were a few, about uh, five, ten years ago, there were at least four models on the market. And nothing's changed since that, that I'm aware of at all. As far Sorry. I mean, um, so it's totally different uh, coverage. It's not, not covered under um, anything. It's, it's the coding anything. that it goes under. Right. And um, Medicare has made that category a rental category. Rental. And so that's where it gets challenging for that.
0: Hi, Mary. Hi. Uh,
1: have you known of all-terrain um, wheels that's not necessarily power uh, I'm sorry, a power assist, because that's the problem I'm having, like going through grass and also pebbles and all of that thing. Like
0: other than flat and even um, carpeting, these wheels are not easy to, to use. Now, do wow. you know of any all-terrain? No. There's,
1: um, so it's similar to like the mountain bike type tires. It depends on what you're going on. So it dep- so what is all terrain is always like then a more of a question because if it's outside um, like uh, wooded areas, that type of surface, you'd probably be looking at like something like a mountain bike tire. The problem with that inside on carpeting and all, it has too much traction and it makes it harder to push. So you don't want that in that environment. So... The smoother you can get the wheel, the tire, it has m- less rolling resistance, so it's easier for it to go on these uneven surfaces. And the more air, if you have an air tire, the more air you have in it. That's why the newer tires are all up to, say, almost 140 pounds of pressure they'll accept. We do them about 120, but it makes a big difference because they don't like sink into the carpet and the grass and stuff as much. It uh, uh, kind of sits more on top of it and goes through it a little easier. So that's the, that's the tire technology that's kind of out there. Yes, yeah. That you can uh, get it, yes. Um, yes, yeah, they'll pay for some of it. And so we'd have to talk what, what are some of the advantages for you because they'll pay for one set of tires. The question is you don't want them, you may not want them on all the time, you want them on sometimes, and we'd have to talk about how to do that, and it's possible.
0: This presentation was recorded on Friday, September 23, 2016, and was hosted by the Northern New Jersey Spinal Cord Injury System, a collaborative effort of Kessler Foundation, Kessler Institute for Rehabilitation, and University Hospital. NNJSCIS is supported by the National Institute on Disability, Independent Living, and Rehabilitation Research. Nidler is a center within the Administration for Community Living in the Department of Health and Human Services. The ideas expressed during this conference do not necessarily represent the policy of Neidler, ACL, HHS, or the federal government. If you have a brain or spinal cord injury, stroke, or multiple sclerosis, access to world-class research is right in West Orange. Kessler Foundation researches the latest treatments for these conditions. We are looking for research volunteers with brain or spinal cord injury, stroke, or MS. We also need healthy persons to serve as controls in our studies. There is no cost to join our studies, and you may be compensated. For information, call Kessler Foundation at 844-KF-STUDY. That's 844-KF-STUDY.